Organize Me Radio, episode 26, The Productive Entrepreneur. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Organize Me Radio. Today's guest is my sister. She's the founder and CEO of Ford Robbins Coaching and Consulting. She's also the assistant director of the Health Careers Resource Center at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Welcome, Nadira Ford Robbins. Thank you. So happy to be here as a guest on your podcast. Well, I'm so happy that you're here too. So we're going to have a candid conversation about being entrepreneurs and being moms. So can you tell everyone about your business and why you decided to start a coaching business? Yes. So Ford Robbins Coaching and Consulting is my side hustle. Hopefully one day it will be my main hustle. But uh, my business essentially helps individuals bridge the gap between strengths and success to get them to their next level of achievement. So in my life, I've always been someone who is a connector to people, a connector to opportunities, a connector to resources. And that's why our logo has the bridge because I realized in my life that uh, my purpose is to help bridge the gap between people. So I bridge the gap in a lot of ways. You mentioned my position at UNO. And so working as the assistant director in the Health Careers Resource Center or the HCRC as we call it, um, we're responsible for all pre-health advising on campus. So individuals going to become a doctor or want to become a nurse or an occupational therapist or a dentist, I bridge the gap from them coming in with a high school diploma to them finishing with a bachelor's degree or a post-baccalaureate degree and um, going into that professional education. So I stand in the gap for individuals and provide them with a roadmap to navigate to their next level of achievement. Um, So the bridge is synonymous with that. I also do think that it's kind of funny because our last name, our maiden name is Ford. And a Ford is kind of a bridge of, of sorts. It's a shallow um, you know, place in the water where you can cross over. Um, so I just thought that was interesting as well. And of course, growing up in New York with bridges in our backdrop at, at all times, um, I just found that the bridge was very symbolic for me. Okay, so tell everybody about your your background when it comes to the training that you've received as a coach, because you're a Gallup strength coach, and you helped me figure out, you know, where I need to be in my business. So tell us a little bit more about that, what the training is like, and how you use that in your consulting business. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I remember when I got into college, I wanted to become a child psychologist. And after taking my first psychology class, I knew that I did not want to do that long term and that I wanted to help people figure things out in in a form of counseling, but I did not yet know what that was going to be like. So in college, um, I, I say my daughter is the catalyst to me becoming a life coach because at the time I was a junior in college and, um, got pregnant with her and found myself in a situation where I didn't think I was going to be as a college student on a full ride scholarship. So I had to figure out what the next step was so that I 
couldn't become a statistic and that I would graduate college. So in that, um, in that area of my life or in that time in my life, I found this show called Starting Over and I watched it and Iyanla Van Zant was a life coach and she was coaching women in this house to get to their next level, to get out of the rut that they were stuck in and to help them find their power and um, power into purpose. And as she was doing that for the women on the show, it was therapeutically helping me to live vicariously through them. And from that moment on, I said, you know, I think what I really want to do is coach. So I found myself um, in speech communication and, and studying interpersonal communication and how people communicate non-verbally and cross-culturally. And I found um, interpersonal conflict and conflict mediation to be interesting and, and to go along the same lines as coaching. So in that same time, I was working for Gallup at the daycare and um, they, at the time, every employee who applies has to fill out the Gallup Strengths Finder is what it was called. It's now called the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment. And so that was when I was first introduced to Clifton Strengths. So fast forward years later, I'm working at um, a college in Omaha and um, I was an academic coach. And so the training I got was through Gallup to become a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach. And we use the Clifton Strengths Assessment to figure out what people's dominant strengths are. And there are 34 themes of talent that people have. Everyone has each of these themes. They just kind of filter in a different order for each person. And so the way that we use the assessment is we look at your top five because those are your strengths that you use every day that, you, that are your default without a shadow of a doubt. And then when we look at your full 34, really, if you look in your top 10, that gives you a little bit of a better picture of the strengths that you use all the time. But the top five are the ones that are your default, that, that are your go-to. And so when we do the assessment and we coach individuals, we look at how your 34 themes plot out and we teach you how to name, claim, and aim those strengths into the world so that you can leverage your strengths to accomplish your goals. And so that you understand what's right with you instead of looking at what's wrong with you. So Strengths is founded in positive psychology. And um, Donald Clifton, who was the founder of uh, Gallup, was really big on his research and figuring out what's right with people. Because in the world, we operate from a deficit model. And so we're always thinking about what's wrong or if I could only do this right. So when you think about a deficit model, the thing that comes to mind is like your annual, your annual review at work, right? And so you sit with your boss and your boss tells you like 20 things that you did right. And then they might say, well, but this one thing you can improve on. And that's the thing that's going to keep you up at night. You're going to harp on it. You're going to be upset with yourself. Like, why can't I just get everything right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of unrealistic. Like nobody's great at everything. So with Gallup, Clifton and Strength, what we do is focus on what you do right and operate from that lens because we find that if a person can celebrate what's good about them they'll have more energy to kind of um, manage around their weaknesses your weaknesses are always going to remain what they are um, no matter how much you try to what we call weakness fix weakness fixing you can't essentially get rid of those weaknesses but you can use your top strengths to kind of manage around those and make up for it so adaptability is my number 10 and adaptability is all about going with flow and flowing into things and 
being okay if your schedule changes. You might have a list of for the day, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then Q, Q shows up in X, Y, Z, and you're like, wait, Q is out of order, right? But with adaptability, you're able to just say, okay, that's okay, we'll just flow with it. Um, so because I have adaptability, I'm typically late a lot. I'm running late a lot because I let things flow. Um, so what I have to do um, to manage around that is I have to use some of my other strengths like communication to um, kind of communicate with people around me. Like, you know, it's going to start at this time, but I'm going to set my clock or put it in my calendar 30 minutes earlier so that I can give myself um, that motivation to be on time. And it actually works great. Okay, so um, I definitely think like the coaching, even with that, just that one session that you gave me that one time, I think it was really beneficial for me just because there are some things where I am definitely a perfectionist at. And of course, there are some things where I just let it slide and I'm just cool as a cucumber and I don't care. But there are some things where I feel like I have to be perfect. And I think as I've grown, it's like after you realize the things that you do and why you do it and how your personality works, you start to be okay with letting things like that go. Um, but on the flip side, being a mom, how in the world do you balance everything? Because I know with my perfectionism, of course, with being a mother, I've had to let a lot of that go because you can only do the best that you can. How do you balance it with being an entrepreneur, working for the university and having four kids? How does that work out for you? Yes, so um, my, my top Gallup strengths are WOO, which stands for winning others over, um, communication, positivity, ideation, and belief. And so with WOO, um, it's like you've never met a stranger. You know how to work a room and you, you're energized by meeting new people and making new connections. Um, and you have a charisma about you. With communication, um, it's easy for me to put words into pictures for people and um, to teach people or for people to digest what I'm trying to say to them. So, um, and I'm also strong in the written communication form as well. Um, with positivity, it's, it helps me to be able to find the silver lining in everything. In ideation, I come up with ideas. Belief is that I have a strong value system, um, strong beliefs that I stand by and their core values that I operate with. So um, for me, you, utilizing that top five uh, with my husband, so communication, um, and, and it's so funny because it's like contingency planning. It's like you have a backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. You have a plan A, B, C, and D. And that is actually my last strength. That is my number 34, and that is his number one. So he is always thinking in the future. He's all, always planning things out and saying, well, this is how it's going to operate. And my positivity is like, it's okay if it doesn't go that way. But to balance out being a mom, being um, a full-time staff member and working on the side when I have like coaching sessions or people are inviting me to speak at events, it really takes me being upfront with him and saying, hey, these are the plans that I have because it's going to take some balancing uh, between the two of us. We might have to divide and conquer between the four kids. So if I'm, you know, picking kids up from school, I might need to change the routine and he might need to pick up kids from school instead of just taking them. And I have to communicate that ahead of time because if I don't, his deliberative kicks in. It's like, that's not what I had on the plan today. And it can kind of, you know, cause frustration. So we don't want that to happen. So communication is key with being able to balance between everything that I have. 
and then um, being able to just figure out what the plan is and to flow with it, even if something is a little off kilter. Um, it is definitely hard um, as well, because sometimes I'm so on the go that I don't communicate my plans. I know in my head that I have, you know, three things to do after work and um, the family might not know that. So if I don't communicate that ahead of time, it can be a little rough. I can definitely relate with you when it comes to balancing things, especially when you have a husband and children and I have a special needs child. So for me, it's almost like having more than just two kids because you have to balance his therapy, schedule his speech therapy, his occupational therapy and things like that. And it's just so at times can be extremely frustrating and just really hard. I feel like I suffer from burnout a lot uh, because of that. Do you have any advice for people who might suffer from burnout as a mom? Because there's always something that will fall by the wayside. For me, it's the social media part of my business. I absolutely hate social media. The only reason I'm still on social media is because I have a business. Otherwise, I would not be on it trying to keep up with Instagram, trying to keep up with Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, trying to learn TikTok. Um, what advice would you give for moms or just busy parents in general for um, what they can do and how, I guess, how they can prioritize what's important? Right. So you, you mentioned a few things there. You mentioned burnout. You also mentioned prioritization and um, how to make things easier. And I think the best way to make things easier in terms of a business is automation. What things can you automate? Um, what things can you take off your list and just schedule, you know, maybe one time a week to um, schedule all your posts that you're going to have sent out, sent out. And maybe it's like, you know, on Sundays, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to use an app that is going to schedule my posts for every day at six o'clock, you know? Um, the best thing to do is when you have like a business page um, on some of these platforms, like Instagram, you'll get analytics and you'll see like, when are my followers mostly online? And it'll tell you, um, you know, your followers tend to be online at 7 p.m. at night or, you know, um, lunch break, noon, you know, it also break down how many men and women you have on your page, how many, what their age group is, so that you can kind of speak to that. So you can use automated um, apps to kind of help you schedule those posts. Um, I think Hootsuite is one that will post to multiple platforms, but you can kind of do some research and find some of those apps um, to kind of help you not burn out from doing all the work yourself, especially when you have other things to do. But another notion that Gallup speaks highly of is filling your bucket. So there's a book called How Full Is Your Bucket? And um, working in Gallup at the time when I did work there, there, there were drops that we could write to people. So these were just little notes and things that you've noticed that somebody was doing right. And you just wanted to put a drop in their bucket and just fill their bucket up. Um, so you have to understand what fills your bucket. How do you get energy? The things that drain you, so social media drains you. So that's why scheduling a time each week would be great to just write your, your captions and, and schedule it to go out on you know, different times each day or a set time each day um, you know, and doing that a week in advance so you have that. There are also a lot of businesses out there that one is called PLR that um, hires people to write and, and 
you have the license that you basically purchase from them and you're able to use their products or their work and just kind of tailor it to what you do, you can switch some of the words around, but the template's already there for you. And then you can just use that um, instead of spending the time trying to figure out what, what words or what feelings, what emotions pull your clients into your type of work, the people that you're called to, what tugs on their heartstrings to get them to click a post or to get them to purchase a session to organize with you. Um, so you can use some of these um, automated apps and kind of make it easier on yourself. You can buy these templates and then put it in words that, you know, you speak so that it sounds like your voice and not somebody else's, but at least the template is there for you to get started. Cause sometimes it's just like, how do I get started? What do I say? How do I reel people in? And having a template is helpful in that way. And then you'll avoid that burnout, but also what fills your bucket. So after you've taken that time each week to send out, you know, to schedule your posts and when they're going to go out for the week, then do something that you love to do that gives you, that refills your cup or refills your bucket. I also know that if I don't feel good physically, then I'm not going to be good for anyone. So I have a, a massage membership that I go to um, a place in Omaha. Um, it used to be called Massage Hype. It's called Everyday Massage now, but I have a monthly membership where I get a massage once a month. And for me, I like to get my nails done. So I get my nails done um, every three weeks and I get a pedicure as well. And that's just time to myself um, where I don't have to worry about being a mom, a wife, or, you know, an employee or uh, an entrepreneur. I can just kind of decompress. Um, some other things that I would say, you know, maybe you fill your cup by working out. Um, so I make sure, like I have a Pilates membership now. I try to do that. But you really have to not only schedule time to do things in your business, but you have to schedule time for yourself to replenish yourself so that you can be good for others in your life. So what is your coaching process like then? Yep. So I, I coach in a couple of ways. Um, it's easy to utilize the strengths assessment because I can see what people are operating from, like where their their baseline is and kind of talk to individuals to see how they utilize those strengths. So, so every strength has like a balcony and a basement, a high point and a low point, right? So the high point of my strength in communication is that I can talk to multiple people, multiple groups, and I'm fine with that. Excuse me. But the low point or the basement is that I might come off as a blabbermouth. I might talk too much. So if people don't understand my strength, I might think it's a weakness. Um, and, and sometimes you run into people like that. So I had a coworker that I was working with and her strength was context. And so she, and she also had communication. So when she would train people, she would always apologize. I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. And I would have to tell her, no, you're providing context for what this is that we're doing. And this is a valuable strength. And this is why people like you to train them because you provide context for why something works the way it works. And when I gave her that feedback, she started feeling better about herself because she thought that this was something people hated when actually people would like to book trainings with her because of the context and how deep she went into her, the context of a situation. So um, a lot of times when I'm utilizing strengths, I'm able to tell individuals, this is actually strength. It's not a weakness. And this is a way to reframe it and a way to look at it differently, you know, and how do I use this to help myself? And how do I utilize this to show what's right with me and not what's wrong with me um, and not operate from that basement level, you know, because we all have egos 
and egos can be added to a strength to make make a strength seem like a good or a bad strength. In Gallup, we say strengths are neutral. There are no good or bad strengths. And sometimes people come up to me and say, oh my gosh, you have woo, I wish I had woo. And I tell them, you can use a combination of your strengths to achieve the same thing that I do with woo, right? Um, but for me, when I first got woo, I said, oh my God, I don't like this because I thought it meant that I needed people's approval. I'm like, I don't care what people think about me, you know? I'm not trying to win people over. And then my boss at the time said, no, Nadir, but you know how to work a room. You know how to talk to people, mingle. And I said, oh, okay, yeah. So she helped me to appreciate that strength because at first I thought it was, you know, needing to be liked. And I, that's so far from me. So um, I utilize the Gallup strengths that way. And, and, you know, somebody tells me that they have a goal. We say, well, tell me about a time where you achieved a big goal and you were happy with what you did. And when they start talking through, well, I did this and I, I like to plan. So I did X, Y, Z. Then we can go in and say, when you did that, you were using this strength. And when you did this, you were using that strength. And this is, how can you do more of that? So that comes out. So you feel like that all the time like every experience that how can you utilize more of that and then coaching is really just bringing out what's already inside of you you have the answers you just need somebody to talk you through it and you can hear yourself start saying these things that's oh that makes so much more sense and so for me I do that naturally um and I'm curious and inquisitive naturally when I'm talking to people so I kind of coach without knowing I'm coaching um the other thing is if I don't have a, an individual strength and we're utilizing the strengths assessment because it does cost to you know take the clip and strengths assessment um i can just say like what what is your purpose for hiring a coach what do you want to get out of this time and then what are you working on and we can look at the goals that there's and then we can start plotting out how we're going to get there you know when do you have the most energy in your day what gives you energy what would you really like to do in life you know, if you're in a job that you really don't want to be in, how can we get you to where you really want to be? These are the steps we're going to take. And so we provide them with a roadmap to get to their destination. So then what do you hope each of your coaching clients take away from a session with you? Yeah, um, I, I, I hope that they take away feeling empowered, um, that they know that all the answers lie within them, that all they have to do is remove some of the rubble and uncover what it is that they're really trying to get to because I feel like we can bury our dreams sometimes um, with expectations or maybe your life took a turn and you know you found yourself with kids earlier than you had planned or you got married sooner than you had thought and some of the other things take precedent right precedence like being a mother and making sure your kids are well and feeding them and clothing them and getting them to school and so maybe you put that podcast on the back burner that you want to start or that book that you want to write down on the back burner so sometimes it's removing the stuff that has mounted on top of your dreams and allowing you to get through that debris and figure out what it is that you really want to do so growing up what motivated you the most you know that's a question that I've pondered on and I, I I've had a hard time trying to answer it because growing up I was the sixth child, um, and for the first uh, eight years of my life, I was the youngest child, and then um, the two younger siblings came at age eight and nine for me, so I adapted to being a big sister, and I think for me, as the youngest child, um, what motivated me at that time was doing things right, like trying to do things right. 
Um, so like in school, I just, I, I didn't want to get in trouble in school. I didn't want to get in trouble at home, but I, I just wanted to do the right thing. And I think that's what like motivated me. So from an early age, I excelled in academics. I um, made a lot of friends. I just wanted to do the right thing and not um, get into a place where I was doing the wrong thing. I never wanted to be perceived as like, you know, saying the wrong thing or hurting someone's feelings. Um, so I'm a really honest person too. And sometimes I can come off as blunt. And so <laughs> there have been times where I've said things and people take offense and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad because I, I want to say the right thing or I want to, you know, I don't want it to be like, you know, I'm doing something wrong or, or saying the wrong thing. So I think that's what motivated me early on in life. Like I really just wanted to do the right thing. Um, and um, I, it was impressed upon me early, like a relationship with God. And I think, and you can remember these stories, right? That I would apologize to God if I did something wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> something wrong and, and then be like, sorry, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I always wanted to like try to live life right and, you know, walk the straight and narrow line for, you know, my father in heaven or, you know, there was this higher power that was impressed upon me early on. So I just wanted to be the person that I, I felt like God wanted me to be. Um, and then as, as I began to grow, other things that motivated me is I just really liked to dance all the time. So like music, music was introduced to us at an early age um, by our father. Just, there were drums in the house. There were music equipment in the house, uh, big speakers, record players, all types of crates of records and music. And so I found now that I can't do anything without music in the background. Like I have to work with music in the background. And my husband will say, how do you have all that noise going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't operate unless there's a soundtrack in the background, some type of soundtrack, like something, even if it's right in the way, I need to have some sound in the background to do things. So I'm motivated through like music and the arts and also by just trying to do the right thing. Um, and, and then you can hear in me explaining that my number five strength is just belief. You know, my core values are my beliefs. I really want to do the right thing. Integrity is important to me. So I always tell my kids, what you're doing when nobody's watching is integrity. Like do the right thing, even when nobody's watching, uh, even if you're not getting caught. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, that's really important. And um, justice is really important for me. I don't like when people are mistreated. And I found in my life that I'm so outspoken because I'm always the advocate for the underdog. And so I'm motivated by that too, like teaching people to see things from different perspectives so that everyone can be um, heard and seen and justice can reign on everyone, not just a few. I definitely think out of all of mom's kids, who we have eight, um, eight of us, um, I think you and I have the most similar values. Of course, we all grew up in the same household, but some of us have, our values are different, but I feel like you and me are definitely probably in the, in alignment the most when it comes to our values and everything, because I value that too. I value equity. I value fairness. I value justice as well. Um, but with all those things, who has been your greatest inspiration in life? Yeah, I think, I mean, a no-brainer would be mom. Um, because for me, as the sixth child, 
um, when everybody went to school. So when you went to kindergarten, I went to daycare. Um, and that's when she decided to go back to school. Um, you know, she stayed home with kids and her youngest kid was old enough to go to daycare. So um, she went to the College of Staten Island to get her associate's degree in nursing and put me in the daycare while she was in school. And so for me, I was introduced to higher education at a very young age. I was in college at the age of three. And, um, you know, in the day I would be in the daycare and if she had a night class, I would be in night class with her. And so I was absorbing, you know, a college level teaching, not even realizing I was absorbing it. I might've been drawing on a paper or, you know, begging for a Butterfinger out of the uh, vending machine or, you know, being a brat, some type of way that a three-year-old doesn't understand, you know, um, but seeing her work so hard to get that degree, I mean, think about the grit that you have to have to have a three-year-old in your night class that is probably going to get cranky, tired, make cry. You might have to walk out of class. I do remember, and then she didn't drive. So we would be on the bus stop going to class, going to school. And there would be times, um, and I always remember this, where dad would say, hey, I'm going to pick you guys up today. And then he wouldn't come. And so we'd be waiting and it would get dark and mom would say, come on, he's not coming. Let's get on the bus. Uh, and I'd say, no, my dad said he's coming to get me. And she would have to literally drag me to the bus stop. You remember times where we'd go places and mom, you know, there would be standing room only on these buses. But yeah. once a seat opened up, she would make sure we got to sit down. And there would be times we'd be scared to sit down, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we didn't know these strangers. And she, yeah. you know, but that's how selfless mom was. And she was making sure like, I'm going to achieve this goal. I'm going to get this degree. I remember the offices, like going into financial aid offices with her. And uh, she talks about Miss Kabasha, which at the time I thought her name was Miss Kilbasa. <laughs> Kilbasa was a sausage I liked to eat as a child. So I would call her Miss Kilbasa. <laughs> but, um, you know, she had people motivating her and, and encouraging her to go and get this degree and to finish strong. And so one of my, I think early on, um, biggest motivators was mom and seeing her get through that. And because she didn't allow anything to get in her way to achieve that degree. Um, I think it gave me the tenacity and the grit to make sure that I finished. And so when I found myself in college as a junior pregnant, I was like, oh, I'm finishing this degree. My mom did it. I'm going to do it. Right. And I saw her do it with me. So I know I'm going to do it, you know, and I made sure I did it. Um, and so she was the, probably the biggest motivator um, along that same line. Kalila, my oldest daughter, was my motivator because when I found out I was pregnant, I got myself into this. I'm going to get myself out. I'm not going to become a statistic. And I'm going to keep the scholarship that I have and get through school. And so I was really motivated by her to finish and for her to see her mom walk across the stage, which she got to do when she was one. She doesn't remember it, but she's in the pictures, you know, and I, that was a huge motivator for me was I have a daughter now and she has to see that you can accomplish anything no matter what's thrown your way. You and mom have had full circle moments because you went to college with mom as she was getting her associates in nursing. And then you in turn helped mom to finish her bachelor's degree in nursing all these years later. And then you're helping her to, you know, to motivate her and help her with the resources to get her master's degree in nursing. And now you're advising medical students. So it's just right. something how, how things come full circle. And I feel like it's kind of full circle twofold for you and for mom. So 
So I just think it's funny how things work out the way they're meant to. Right. And and when I started working at Nebraska Methodist College, um, which is a college of nursing and allied health, I said, isn't this funny? I was raised in a nursing college. Like, this is this funny that I'm here. And from that time, I started there in 2012. And um, from that time, I said, mom, you need to come back to school, like finish your bachelor's, finish your bachelor's, because, you know, she had got started on her bachelor's. And like when we first moved to Nebraska in 93 and didn't and kind of stalled out because work became more important. Right. And so it took me at least, I'd say I was at Methodist for six years. I think it took me five years to get her motivated to get back into school. And then, yeah, like you said, a full circle moment, I said to her, isn't it funny? We're back at the same, like we're back in nursing school together again, except this time I'm not in daycare. I'm a, an employee and you're a student again, you know? So that was funny. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and the, and the other good thing about that was, um, in my position, I was the coordinator of academic success. So like I said, I was an academic coach. I was coaching students to get through things. And one of the hardest classes is pathophysiology. And mom got an A in that class. And I said, mom, do you know how many students struggle? Like you came back after all these years and you got an A. And she said, shoot, that class was hard. What you talking about? I was like, you are super smart. Like a lot of people cannot pass this class. And you came back after all these years in your 60s and got this bachelor's degree, you know? Um, so a lot of it was just even coaching her, like you have been working as a nurse for 30 plus years. You already know what's in this, in these textbooks. You just need to put it on paper and show them that you know this, you know? So yeah, full circle moments are awesome. So you've done a lot throughout your career. Um, you definitely have so much to be proud of. I'm proud of you for all of the things that you do. What is your thanks, greatest- you're welcome. <laughs> what is your greatest achievement? I'm always amazed when other people recognize the work that I do. Um, and I think it's a huge accomplishment that um, Terrell, my husband, and I are on the wall at our high school, at our alma mater, um, in, in the cafeteria hanging for the Community Leader Award. Um, which is next to the Hall of Fame. So our pictures are up there forever um, for the work that we did coming back years later to coach Burke High's Jokey and a team that my daughter's on now. Um, and she goes to the school now. And I, I just think that's awesome that, you know, she can be in school and say, that's my mom up on the wall and my dad, you know? Um, so that's a huge accomplishment. At the time we got that award, no other Black people had won the Community Leader Award and not certainly not a married couple so that was a huge accomplishment being on the wall with my husband and achieving that together another one um i just got this past year was the midlands business journal 40 under 40 award which recognizes the work that um entrepreneurs and employees in the omaha metropolitan area um the work that they do in the community and and on their jobs and 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 um different things that they've been able to achieve so recognizing my hard work as an individual who is under 40 um trying to make moves you know trying to do well for my family and that's really you know the motivation behind everything is just i want to make sure that my kids can have opportunities that we didn't have growing up but also be empowered to be the best versions of themselves that selves that they can be and so it's really important for me to do well in life and in my career for them. I love it. All right. 
So because this is Organize Me Radio, I always ask everyone, what are your favorite organizing or productivity tools, your favorite productivity tools or organizing products? Right. So um, I'm a person, I don't know if you want to call me a product junkie, (laughs) but um, my husband, he hates that I have so many products like, you know, face washes and lotions and sprays and hair products. And so I, he always complains like, there's so much stuff in the bathroom. So I got this organizing shelf that's kind of two tiers from Target. And I really love it because it helped me to save space on my sink, but also have everything visible and kind of organized um, in two different shelves so that I can find like my face wash, my lotion, my spray, um, you know, eye drops, whatever it is that I need when I'm getting ready in the morning. I can find all of that there. Another thing productivity wise that I found that helped um, with my kids when they're cleaning or when they're playing with their toys, setting a timer. Like setting a timer helps um, whether it's on the kitchen kitchen stove or if it's on our Google um, cast, like whatever it is, we set a timer and that gets their mind ready to like pick up. Like we can pick this up in five minutes or if it's time for them to share, like they play on the Xbox, right? And they take turns. So my youngest, Isaiah, he needs a warning before you just say it's not your turn anymore. Cause then, you know, he will cry, he'll have a fit. So we'll say, okay, Isaiah, in five minutes, your time's gonna be up. So we set a timer and then he's more apt to getting off seamlessly without having a fit. So setting timers works for me. Um, the Apple Watch also, because when I'm at work and I can get into a just deep rhythm where I'm doing work and the Apple Watch reminded me to get up and stand, like, you know, with 10 minutes left of the hour, you haven't stood yet for this hour, get up and stand because they say sitting is the new smoking. And so that timer and that reminder for productivity and, and for health is super helpful as well. So that's what I would say in terms of like organizing. Um, my husband is definitely more of an organizer than I am, but one thing that he's done that has been super helpful, there's six people in our household because we have four kids. He bought individual laundry baskets and built this laundry table so that when the laundry is done, everyone's laundry is sorted into their own basket. Their names are on the basket. And then when your basket is full, you take your basket upstairs, you fold your clothes, you put your clothes away, you take it back downstairs. And so that's a system that, because, you know, he's always thinking of contingency plans, right? So that's a system that he came up with that is super helpful because if we don't do that, laundry can pile up. Or I remember even growing up when mom would like have this pile of laundry and like, who's going to wear this? And who's going to wear that? And you're going to wear the dungarees. I know you remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to wear this turtleneck, you know? And it was just a pile of mountain of clothes and we would just have to get through it. So it's super helpful because on the front end, as clothes are coming out of the dryer, you're putting clothes into each person's basket. And then you're taking those clothes, you're folding, you know exactly where to go when you're looking for something. So if something's not in my drawer, if it's, I know it's not in the dirty clothes, I can go right to the clean clothes down and on the laundry table in my basket and find that article of clothing. And then when it gets full, then I can transfer it and fold it and then put it away. Well, Nadira, thank you so much for being on Organize Me Radio, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Tell everyone how they can find out more information about your um, coaching and consulting business. 
Yes, you can go to my website, www.fordrobbinscoaching.com. That is F-O-R-D, like the car, R-O-B-B-I-N-S, coaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ford Robbins Coaching all together. Um, yeah, and just find me on my website, find me on my Instagram page, follow me there, and I would love to help you out and to help you get to your next level of achievement. And one other thing, I also do corporate uh, clients. So we do strength, strengths-based leadership, and that's also a Gallup derivative. Um, there are other things that we can do in terms of coaching with strengths or coaching without strengths, but um, I do have my master's in leadership. So we do a lot of strengths-based leadership work for corporate clients, and you can find all of that on my website as well. Thank you everyone for joining us and be sure to tune in next time for an all new episode. Thank you so much for joining me today and make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. And remember, get organized, go further. You're listening to Organize Me Radio. I am Naima Ford Goldson.